Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. So <clears throat> I want to read you one quote from the Buddha about the um, wise action. So this is called Five Faultless Gifts. It's actually about the precepts in general. There are these five gifts, five great gifts, original, long-standing, traditional, ancient, unadulterated, that are not open to suspicion, will never be open to suspicion, are unfaulted by knowledgeable contemplatives. Which five? So this is the five great gifts. This is a case where a disciple of the noble ones abandons the taking of life, abstains from taking life. In doing so, the disciple gives freedom from danger, freedom from animosity, freedom from oppression to limitless numbers of beings. In giving freedom from danger, freedom from animosity, and freedom from oppression to limitless number of beings, they themselves gain a share in limitless freedom from danger, freedom from animosity, and freedom from oppression. This is the first gift, the first great gift, original, long-standing, traditional, ancient, unadulterated from the beginning, not open to suspicion, will never be open to suspicion, and is unfaulted by knowledgeable contemplatives. And then he goes to the same thing with the uh, second gift is uh, abandoning what is not given, stealing, uh, abandoning um, sexual misconduct, other gift. And in each of these cases, he says um, that the gift is giving freedom from danger, animosity, and oppression to limitless numbers of beings. And then, likewise, one oneself gets that back. Right? So like you give this gift of this freedom, and then you get it back too. Right? So I think about this you know, here when we're walking around and you see the turkeys and the deer sometimes, you know. And it's rare, right, to have this kind of relationship with animals, isn't it? It's like not that many places that uh, this is the case. So these animals, they know that on this land they're protected because everyone is following the precepts, you know. I mean, maybe they cross the street and they're not protected, right? But uh, on this land, like, they can actually relax. So that's really nice for them, right? I'm sure. I don't think I'm projecting that, you know, it's like (laughs) nice for them that they don't have to worry about being killed here. Uh, and then it also is nice for us, you know. So I like I notice myself kind of relaxing. <laughs> coyotes might kill them. Oh, coyotes might kill them. That's true. But the people, right? That's true. The coyotes are not maybe not following the precepts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mountain lions also. That is true. Yes, she points this out. But they're not afraid of people in the same way that usually are, right? So usually, if you see animals some other place, they'll like run from you, right? And uh, I just notice how nice it is to have them not run. You know, it's like. Oh, that's cool. Like you can do your deer thing, like eating the grass, and then you do your human thing. And so then it does give the gift back to you, right? It's like, oh, because I'm not out to kill you, then you can relax, and then actually I can relax too. And, you know, anyway. So to the question of um, why the fifth precept is not part of wise action. So what do you think? Did Buddha just forget? Uh, Why is that? Any thoughts? Yeah. Scott. Because harm done to oneself and, and not to others, possibly. Yeah, it becomes a root potentially of harm done to others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, immediately it is harm done to oneself. That's true. Yeah, in the form of delusion, usually, right? Or also possibly of uh, reinforcing craving in some way, right? Like addiction, something like that. Thank you for venturing. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, so that's a reason for that's a reason to avoid intoxicants because it takes away from awareness and mindfulness. Yeah, so it's kind of like <clears throat> if you're trying to fill up a bucket with water of awareness and then you're poking holes in the bottom of it at the same time. Yeah, but so then why wouldn't he include it here in in wise action? Is the question right? Yeah. That's because the abstaining from yeah, it's I think I I think it's kind of along those lines actually that um, you know Buddha is very practical. So these suggestions are actually very practical around the path to freedom and happiness. So he's not actually giving he doesn't give like a lot of extraneous stuff, right? So it's kind of like here's the bare bones basics. It's like so, don't kill, don't take things, right? And uh, don't misuse sexuality. Now it seems like the like around alcohol drugs, uh, it's there in the precepts clearly to avoid taking substances that lead to uh, having bad judgment, basically, right? But it's actually because that bad judgment might lead you to do numbers one through three. Right? So it's actually kind of like because that's one of the causal that could be one of the the causal factors for us doing things that we later regret, like doing things that harm ourselves and others, and so on. So <clears throat> there's not a thing in Buddhism, like sort of a more fundamentalist thing about um, drugs and alcohol, like it is bad. It is like, it is not advised because when you take these things, it is counter to mindfulness, and then you do things that you regret, right? Uh, so th- that's, that's my take on it, is why uh, it's not there specifically. But it goes into sort of the next thing that I wanted us to um, have some reflection on, which is, so there you go with the main elements of right action. So now we know them, we've discussed them a little bit. But what are the things that uh, are supports for us in actually being able to enact this in our life? And what are actually the things that uh, make it difficult for us to do this? What are the things that are supports for us uh, in following right action, so in avoiding taking these actions, and this could be either this could be on, on many different levels. It could be on the level of uh, forces in society that influence you. It could be on the level of uh, specific substances. It could be on the level of noticing what are different times in which I'm more or less vulnerable to this. Uh, also because we're uh, more nuanced practitioners, we'll not just keep it at the level of action, but even on the level of mind, like of paying attention to the impulses that arise in our mind. So what is it that supports those impulses arising more, right? And what is it that are supports to that not arising, right? So this could be even um, stuff that you take in from movies, TV, right? Stuff that you get from the internet or who you hang around, or, you know, any number of things like this, right? So a chance for you to reflect about this and then um, to share uh, some with others. So I'll give you a few minutes to just reflect on your own for what you think about this. Like, what are factors that support me in following right action in my life? Uh, 
And what are things that seem to detract from this? Like what are pushing me in the opposite direction? And then we'll get into some small groups and be able to discuss this a little bit.
So you probably have some uh, reflections down, but I'm sure you could go on longer on this. I thought I would read you also the, um, <clears throat> related to this, the version of the fifth precept that is articulated by Thich Nhat Hanh, who I mentioned. And um, some people had asked where this is from. It's um, His version are called the Five Wonderful Mindfulness Trainings. They're very like positive and upbeat in that tradition. And I, I actually like his articulation of the fifth one, the best of all of them. Um, and this is the one that's usually around uh, ingesting intoxicants or drugs, right? So he says, Aware of the suffering caused by unmindful consumption, I vow to cultivate good health, both physical and mental, for myself, my family, and my society by practicing mindful eating, drinking, and consuming. I vow to ingest only items that preserve peace, well-being, and joy in my body, in my consciousness, and in the collective body and consciousness of my family and society. I'm determined not to use alcohol or any other intoxicant or to ingest foods or other items that contain toxins, such as certain TV programs, magazines, books, films, and conversations. I'm aware that to damage my body or my consciousness with these poisons is to betray my ancestors, my parents, my society, and future generations. I will work to transform violence, fear, anger, and confusion in myself and in society by practicing a diet for myself and for society. I understand that a proper diet is crucial for self-transformation and for the transformation of society. So he takes it, expands it out, and then pays attention to everything that we take in that actually affects us, including conversations and uh, TV shows and all that stuff too, which has an influence uh, for sure. So um, it might be helpful to continue to sort of talk about this, uh, chew on this with a small group of others. Uh, and where we're going with this is kind of like how we did with the speech ones. Um, I want us by the end of the morning to have an opportunity for you to kind of write down what specific dimensions of these are most helpful for you to pay attention to. So both in the abstaining from blank, but also in the cultivating blank. Right. So if there's some way in which you feel like, oh yeah, this one is a particular one for me to pay attention to, and actually particularly this dimension of it, or something like that. Right. So this is all to help you kind of move more towards that. Sometimes talking to someone else, you get more ideas about it, or uh, get a chance to digest it differently. Also, I want to recognize that for some of these, it actually feels um, personal or vulnerable to talk about particularly the sexuality one, but sometimes the other ones, depending on your experience and so on. So um, totally within the parameters, both of uh, asking people to keep confidential what's said in the groups, um, but also that you only need to say what you feel comfortable sharing, right? Like you can say, you know, I need to think about this more personally, or, you know, you don't have to say stuff, feel, you don't have to feel coerced into sharing, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but hopefully you'll have something to say on at least one or two of these, right? So what I want to suggest is we get into groups of three people, and then basically I want you to discuss each of these three pre- uh, three areas for action um, separately, just so we can focus on them. Right. So the one is about the abstaining from killing. Uh, the next one about abstaining from taking what is not offered, and then abstaining from harm using sexual activity and energy. And in each case, to share some reflections that you have about what is it that seems to be... uh, This is basically like reflection on causes and conditions. So what are the different causes and conditions 
in my life and in society that seem to be supporting this unhelpful, unskillful behavior? And what are the forces that are supporting letting go of it, right? So including, like, what supports me in actually protecting life, like, and, uh, you know, things like that. So to do that for each of them. So what are the forces that seem, like, driving us in the wrong direction that are negative influences on me and what are things that actually support me positively. And it could be that as you think about this, you think sort of more aspirationally positively. Like, you know, if I actually had around me uh, people who are more generous, you know, that would support me or something. So you could also include that in it too. So uh, given that, say we'll take a, a, a fair amount of time for it. So say we'll take like, we'll give 10 minutes for each of the uh, areas of action. So since there's three of them, that would be half an hour. Um, I'll let you guys time it yourself in your discussions. Um, And then we'll come back together and see if there's uh, anything that came from that that we want to reflect on together. Oh, actually, um, I was thinking that we come back like, say we come back at 11.40 by the time you get into groups and things like that. So that's overall... Like, 10 minutes, does that seem like too short? I was going to say 10 minutes per area. But that means like three minutes per person, doesn't it? Hmm. Do you want us to share, like, one person share for the whole time, or are we having a discussion? You can have, I think you can have a, we'll, we'll move into more advanced ad-lib conversation. So, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, so you can just, uh, but try to practice mindful speech, of course, as you're doing it. <laughs> try to share the air, so make sure one person doesn't dominate and things like that. Yeah, okay, maybe we should say 15 minutes per area of action. So that means 45 minutes overall. That seems more reasonable, doesn't it? Okay. Yeah, thank you for that. You'll let us know when the... Oh, I could let you know the 15 minutes, yeah. Or actually, maybe I'll ask you guys to like sort of uh, have someone roughly keep track of it. Yeah. All right. So you can work with anyone. Probably by now you've talked to many different people. So... uh, Groups of three, there might be one group of four. Uh, if you want to engage with people you didn't know before, you can even cross the whole room if you want, and people on this side. All right, does anyone need help finding groups? Let's see. It could be there's some groups of four, maybe. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.com dot org slash donate